we saw a report on uh, no on Fox News said that the uh, experts did a did a survey and uh, found that the people who were continuing to come to church through COVID when there was a live service offered uh, that they did better. They've done better physically. They've done better financially. They've done better uh, in their emotions, uh, their uh, mental health, psychologically, every which way that a person could be measured, they uh, did better than those who stayed home. So, you know, we're not judging anybody that's staying home or being mean about it, but just telling you the facts are the facts. Well, I believe God knows, I, you know, the word is the word no matter what's happening in the world. Uh, the Bible says that uh, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's New Testament, by the way. You can't say, well, that's Old Covenant. That's a back there in Moses and his group. No, <laughs> that's the New Testament. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. He says, which some have erred already. Is there, they've already made that their tradition to not meet together. That was an early church problem. And, uh, and boy, it's a problem now. And, uh, it's just easy to get in the habit of, of not assembling. Amen. Of not coming. And boy, it used to be in the old days, you came to church, uh, no matter what. And if you, if you needed healing, you came to church to get healing. Oh boy, that went over big, but boy, Pastor David, you are a uh, dinosaur, aren't you? I am. I'm a rebellious dinosaur. I'm refusing to give up the old world. Amen. But, uh, you know, the Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, the word of God is full of benefits. And if we'll believe it, and not only believe it, but act on it, it will bring blessing to our life. God's not trying to take anything away from you. God's not trying to take anything from us. He's Even in the tithing, or the giving, or the serving in the church, He's not trying to steal your time, steal your joy, take away from your life, make you, you know, everything boring. He's not trying to... to Take your money, you know, and all that. Um, and I had a thought while Pastor Scarlett was talking about the tithe. I said, you know, it's funny, the people that fight the tithe, uh, they don't realize they're revealing their heart. Because I think if you really have a heart for God and a real a heart for the work of the gospel, you'll you'll look for ways to give. You'll look for ways to be a blessing. Amen. You'll, you'll go over your money and you'll see what, what do I have that I can give to the church and give to the Lord and to, to, to be a blessing. And those that are like, oh, the tithe, you're trying to take something away from me. They, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the, 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 the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. And so, uh, we, you know, I just noticed that Brother Hagen used to say, that the, the givers never gripe and the gripers never give. And boy, that is the truth. I mean, I have, we've even proven it here, you know. Uh, oftentimes the gripers are, they're not the givers and vice versa. And, um, 
because you're not going to spit on something that you're invested in. Amen. You're going to be a part of it and be and and say, hey, let's make this go. And sure, there's problems and sure there's, you know, maybe there's a issue here or there. But but we're in, Pastor, we're in. Amen. And um, that's the way we build anything. You can't build a business without camaraderie and a esprit de corps. Amen. You have to have all all for one and one for all kind of attitude, right? Amen. Preach, Pastor. We could just leave now and have church, right? Don't go anywhere. I have stuff to tell you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I wrote, did I write that down? Yes, it's, it's supposed to be Isaiah 9. Did I say 6? What did I do? I did a mistake. Oh, yeah. Isaiah 9. It's like dyslexic, right? I just I reversed the number or something. Okay, it's Isaiah 9, 6 is where we're starting today. All that other was free. That wasn't a part of the message. It was a bonus material, like on a DVD, you know, bonus material. Uh, I'm preaching today on the perfect gift because we're taught this is the Christmas Sunday <laughs> and Christmas season. And, uh, you know, every year you're challenged to, to bring a fresh message. I don't want the same the same. I some pastors have their boilerplate Christmas message, boilerplate Easter message, boilerplate, you know, whatever the message is, and that's what you get every year. If you've been there one year, you've been to them all. But uh I don't like that. I like a fresh word. And I think on these occasions that there's a plenty of material that the Holy Spirit can bring forth that gives us a fresh word. Amen. And, uh, something that maybe we haven't considered. And so, the, the, the Word of God, you'll never exhaust it. If we were given just one script, let's say that the whole Bible was taken away, except for John 3.16, that's enough life in that scripture to live on the rest of your life. Amen? And so, we, some of these themes, like theme Sundays, uh, Pastors really don't like them a lot. I'll tell you why we don't. Is because you feel a little bit put in a box, you know, like you got to preach on that. But uh, the Lord shows us how to mix it all up and make it interesting. Amen? So uh, there's freedom. There's freedom within the confinements. So um, I thought about Jesus. You know, we think about Christmas, and uh, they call it it's the season for giving, and of course... Uh, all the department stores and everybody are after all of our disposable income to uh, to buy more and more lavish gifts for one another. But it is a season of giving, and the person that started that season of giving was God himself. God the Father made Christmas a season for giving. And, uh, you know, people have cursed commercialism for my entire life, you know, of uh, the church has sort of cur- cursed the commercialization of of Christmas, but uh, it doesn't all bother me because you know there really is one good thing about 
the department stores and the malls and places um, still pushing Christmas is that it's it's the one time in the year that you can walk through a Walmart or a, a Dillard's or somewhere like that and you can hear Christmas carols playing. And if you listen, the words are there and the gospel is being preached. You, all these carols, have you noticed all these hymns and carols that we sing? It's the gospel story and about why Jesus came to redeem mankind. And, uh, and I'm thinking, well, okay, so what would the church rather have? That in the mall or just ignoring it? I don't know. You know, it's just a little mean sometimes. But praise God, any time that, you know, I look at every Christmas tree and every little piece of garland or a wreath, I look at that as, even the beautiful poinsettias that are everywhere, I look at that as a celebration of the greatest gift that mankind has ever been given. And that is the gift of Jesus Christ, His Son, amen, to us. And so let's look here at what the Bible says. Of course, Isaiah 9 um, which we have these uh, some of it up there on the the banners. For unto us a child is born, and then I want you to notice this one word: unto us a son is given. Well, what 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 do we give? We give gifts. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, the name of the gift, shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. That's the name of this original gift. Uh, the, the first person that started the gift giving at Christmas time is God the Father. So every time we give each other a gift or a gift exchange or anything, even if it's something small or whatever, let's do it in the spirit of, of God the Father. Amen. To say this represents just a token it's obviously symbolism but it's just a token of god's idea of giving jesus to the world isn't that beautiful and you know we have personal relationships with christ every one of us you know if you're a parent and you've got more than one child you know that your relationship with each and i've seen people that had you know eight nine ten kids back there years ago and each child had a personal relationship with their mother or with their father. And it was, it was sacred and it was special. And, and there was enough love to go around. Amen. That's why it's ridiculous for there to be sibling rivalry or who, who, who did daddy like best or all that nonsense. Uh, that's really bad, by the way, to get that out there. But, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's relationships that are a little tighter than others or get along a little better or, you know, more respectful. But the love part is there for each and every one. And so isn't it neat? Isn't it cool? Isn't it awesome? The relationship that each of us have with Jesus. It's personal. It's intimate. It's sacred. It's special. And our relationship with Jesus is maybe different than someone else's relationship with Jesus, and yet Jesus speaks our language, doesn't he? He knows how to get our attention. Sometimes Jesus slaps me upside the head to get my attention, and not in a negative way, 
but he'll just say, hey, you know, calm it down a notch, you know, or whatever. And I can hear his voice, and I know he speaks to me in ways that get my attention that might be different than the way he speaks to you. Amen? And so that's why when we give our... That's why we also can't design some kind of religion around Jesus and expect everybody to follow it and it be meaningful. Because what's meaningful for you may not be so meaningful for the next person. Amen? Or the Lord has given you instructions about things in life to leave off or not participate in, and yet somebody else has a freedom in that area. And boy, it's real easy to get judgmental, isn't it? Those of us that grew up any kind of fundamentalism or or uh, dogma, we know how mean that can get. You know, well, the, I know I know a pastor that he felt convicted over drinking Coca-Cola. And so he had a big church with, you know, many employees, maybe a couple hundred employees. They took all the vending machines out of the lunchroom area and everything because the Lord had convicted him of Coca-Cola and he was going to have everybody in the church give up Coca-Cola. And then he gave an altar call for the Coca-Cola drinkers to come get delivered. And so, you know, he had this thing about only should drink water. Well, that's his conviction. That was his health choice. That was his soul choice. But to make it, cram it down everybody's throat. Then he wrote two books and was pushing those, you know, why you should only drink water. Well, you know, maybe your, maybe your pew buddy there, <laughs> uh, drinks Coca-Cola and you, you're against it and you're going to tell them all the reasons they shouldn't have it. But you get my point is that oftentimes we'll make a, a dogma or a, 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 a legalistic point out of something that somebody else, I'm in the weeds, boy, I don't know what this has to do with anything other than I just wanted to say it, that you have a personal gifting relationship with Christ. Amen? But I love to bash legalism. Let me just tell you, praise the Lord. My mother, who is now 90 years old, she'll be 91 this coming this coming uh, year. And uh, when she was in her 80s, we were with a group that was trying to enforce all kinds of stuff. And my mom just spoke up big and she said, I'm 80. I think she was 80 at the time she said this. She says, I'm 80 years old. I grew up with legalism. She says, I'll be switched if I'm going to go back under anything like that. Y'all do what you want, but leave me alone. Praise the Lord. Which uh, is very politically incorrect in legal land, but uh, you heard of Legoland? We have legal land. Legoland is in Lakeland, Florida. Legal land is also in Lakeland, Florida. Anyway, okay, I'll leave that alone. <sighs> called uh, Springfield of the South. Praise God. All right, let's look at some more scriptures. You get anything out of this? That would be the first miracle. Uh, let's go to John. We'll just... We'll just uh, I started to say we're doing these in order, but we're really not. We're jumping around a little bit. But look at John 3 and... Uh, Verse 16, did you know that's a Christmas scripture? John 3.16 is a script, is a Christmas scripture, but it's also an Easter scripture. <laughs> It'll work for both, both occasions. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. I love that. 
when God loves something or someone, when God loves someone, He gives to it. To that person. Amen? Or to the, to the idea. We all do that. We give to what we love. Amen? And that's why we give presents to each other at Christmas is because we love one another. Um, unless you're obligated to give a gift because he's your boss or something. But, you know, I mean, generally the idea is to show affection, to show appreciation. Amen? I, I appreciate you and I, I saw this and thought of you. Hallelujah. Thank God, you know, um, I've had people give me things when they said they thought of me and it was a book on how to correct my behavior. <laughs> Which you don't know if that's a blessing or not. You know, is what is this? Anyway. Anger management. You know. All right. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. What did He give? He gave His Son. Wow. That's love, isn't it? They, they used to sing, I think it was the, I think it was, uh, Laverne Tripp. They used to sing that, that old song, If That Isn't Love. Boy, that's a nice song. If that isn't love, then, then heaven's a myth. You know, how many remember that old song? If God, if that isn't love, then heaven's a myth. And, and, uh, the ocean is dry and, <laughs> you know, not, nothing is as it seems. And boy, if that's not love, I don't know what love is. Jesus dying on the cross is a picture of love. Amen? And and so it says, uh, Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, this is for the legalist uh, that need help. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. Boy, I wish the church would get that. You know the church isn't here to condemn anybody? Send everybody to hell? What did T.L. Osborne say one time? He said, breathe, he said, the way I grew up, breathing might have been a sin if you enjoyed it. But that the world through him might be saved. Amen. That is just beautiful, isn't it? So, what do we get with this gift that Jesus, how many can see Jesus is the perfect gift? Because not only do you get this redemption factor from sins, but you also get eternal life. Hallelujah. This is a good message. The Baptist would even like it. All right. Look at Romans 8. 32. Now we see here, we see in John 3.16 that God gave us Jesus. You didn't earn, you don't earn your salvation. Because earnings are different. How many know earnings are different than a gift? A gift, you didn't earn the gift. In fact, sometimes we get gifts that we don't deserve. But just because somebody loves us. Well, we, how many know we didn't deserve Jesus? We didn't earn it. It wasn't because of our goodness. Because of His goodness. Praise the Lord. According to His, you know, we won't turn there, but 2 Corinthians 5, 
the great passage 17, you know, if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Later on, if you keep reading that little passage, it says at the end that we are redeemed because of his goodness, not because of ours. Amen? Well, I've heard people talk about earning heaven. Well, you don't earn heaven. You, 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 it's part of this gift thing. <laughs> this gift, sometimes you'll open a bigger box that somebody's giving you and it's got several items in it, not just one. It's like, oh, what are all the wonderful things in here? Praise God. That's the gift of salvation that we have from, from the Lord. There's everything in that box. It is the perfect gift. Jesus is the perfect gift. Because with Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. And with Jesus, you get um, sanctification and purification. You get the washing uh, with pure water from heaven. Amen. You get uh, um, healing. You get wholeness. You get deliverance. You get a complete reversal of the curse into however bad the curse went. 180 degrees towards the blessing. Amen. It is, and then, what did he say in John 3.16? Eternal life. Eternal. You couldn't get eternal life by being a Moses law keeper. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Not without the keeping of the rules. Legalism didn't even work for the children of Israel, much less for the body of Christ. Heaven help us. Okay, I won't go where I want to go right there because I make all my friends mad, but because they want to give, I'm a, I will say this, they want to give the Jews credit for keeping Moses' law. Well, okay, you get credit, but you don't get redemption. You can't get saved that way. The Bible says that that God took no pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices. And that the that the the Sacrifice of bulls and goats could not redeem people. It could only cover sins. It could not remove them. There's only one sin removal substance, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. Not the red heifer on a farm in Alabama. You know, like one of the, one of the people hit me in the gut one time, and I come off of an elevator and said, Hallelujah, they found the red heifers on a farm in Alabama. I said, well, good, praise God. You know, well, big, hairy deal, right? What does that have to do with anything? Nothing. So, you know, it'd almost be even be like, well, you know, they've started temple worship again or whatever. Fine, worship away. But, you know, you cannot reinstitute what didn't work. And expect it to work. I mean, I know Bible prophecy, and it's going to be reinstituted, and it's going to it's going to happen. But it doesn't change the word. Amen. You still can't get saved. Never could under the blood and bull of bulls and goats. That was that was the finding fault with the with the first covenant. And Moses' law and all that went with it was never called a gift. Hallelujah, we've got the gift that keeps on giving, don't we? And you know, that gift sustains you all through eternity. This is quite a gift, Jesus Christ. And you need to receive Him as a gift. And we need to be, that's why we, every day we can get up and thank God every day 
Father, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you, Father, for giving me Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your great idea of giving us this Christmas season and Easter season that comes every year. And Lord, help us to celebrate it every day. Every day we celebrate the birth of Christ. And every day we celebrate the death of Christ. And every day we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And without those three elements, you got a problem. <laughs> For the gift to bless you, you have to open it. Amen. And put up its garments in there. The garment of praise. Garment of righteousness. Amen. Robes of righteousness. Somebody said, well, when we get to heaven, we're going to get our robe of righteousness. Well, yeah, kind of. But really, spiritually, you already have it. Oh, boy, that goes over big. I don't know. I'm just a dirty sinner. Well, get saved. You stop saying that. We'll just, we'll pick a pew here and call it the dirty sinner row. We'll spray that one from time to time. Well, it says here that the greatest gift, again, the subject, the greatest gift, the greatest gift is Jesus. Look at this about the greatest gift. So every other gift after that would be lesser, right? And so what did he say about that? Well, I, you know, I don't know. The Lord sometimes won't let you have things. Oh, really? Well, what about this scripture? Should we just cut this out and throw it away? He that spared not, eight, uh, Romans 8.32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him, because he brings every good thing, also freely give us all things. Woo! Praise God. Whatever you're believing God for, whatever you're expecting, whatever you're needing, whatever you're desiring, amen, you can expect God to give it to you. Because if he withheld Jesus, what good thing would he withhold? I heard Brother Osborne again talking about the subject of prosperity, and he was talking about how some people, you know, talk about money. My mic's getting louder and louder for some reason. I don't know what's happening, but it's just accelerating. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Br Brother Osborne said that, uh, in the, um, uh, oh man, I lost my train of thought. It just left. Uh, yeah, he was talking about God trusting you with money. And they said, well, you know, God won't necessarily trust you with money. He'll, you know, he'll test you and see how you do and all that. No, that's grandma that does that. But God already gave us Jesus. He says, what's money compared to Jesus? So sometimes when our money doesn't come in like we expected or whatever, people try to wax spiritual with that and get over in doubt and unbelief. And they'll say, well, maybe the Lord doesn't know if he can trust you with that much. And that kind of talk, that is not biblical. It is not scriptural. It is scriptural talking about that, about handling other people's money. You know, the Bible says if you can't be trusted in small things, what makes you think you can be trusted in big things? But when it comes to, to, to what came with redemption, we've already got the best deal we can ever get. And that is with Jesus. Amen. There is a billion dollars is not worth more than Christ. 
You understand? And so if he's trusting you with the greatest gift, that's what this is about, what makes you think that he wouldn't trust you with something lesser? Amen? You need to get that kind of thinking out of your head because it will limit what you can do. It'll limit what you can receive because it's the way that it's poverty thinking. And we need to get that out of our head and say, praise God, Lord, I'm ready to be blessed with whatever you have for me. Amen. And my, I'm not going to, oh, well, if he gets that kind of money, he won't serve God anymore. See, that's that, again, that's that limiting poverty, God's controlling the strings and the whole thing. You know, come on, praise God. If he spared not his son. See, now if you can get around that scripture, then fine. God bless you. But this scripture, these scriptures, one scripture to me is just as strong as another. And you have to look at, you look at that. If he did not spare his son, what good thing would he, would he, would, would he withhold? Amen. Praise God. You getting anything out of this? See, get yourself set free. And, 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 uh, don't be like the children of Israel that limited the Lord God of Israel, you know, with their thinking and what they were saying. And so we want to say and think and act in line with God's word and God's will and what he wants for us. Amen. And I guarantee you, whatever God wants for us is way better than what we want for ourselves. He'll do abundantly above. Remember my, one of my big scriptures. That's going to be another book at some point called the Ephesians 3.20 blessing. And don't any of you preachers steal that from me out there. Amen. Shouldn't have even said it because all of my ideas, somebody steals them. But, uh, the Ephesians 3.20, or if they steal it, they should give me an, a royalty. Uh, the Ephesians 3.20 blessing. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm speaking that on everything. Everything, amen. Abundantly above my highest prayer. I love that. Boy, we've had some times in prayer, haven't we? And some times in faith. But even above our faith, because you know, faith people, we like to say, well, God won't do any less or more than what your faith is. Well, that, according to that scripture, that blows that out of the water. I'm saying, Lord, do abundantly above and beyond my faith. To infinity and beyond, you know, like Buzz Lightyear, you know, from Toy Story. Praise God. Luke 2 and verse 10, talking about a gift. And what does gift giving invoke? It should, anyway. Joy. Oh, you know, a gift from a husband or wife or friends or family, you know, children, whatever, you know, uh, especially little kids, they just go crazy at Christmas. You know, you got to make them go to bed Christmas Eve, you know, and um, they wake up the next morning, there's supposed to be stuff under the tree, you know. And I remember the first time I had a bicycle under the tree, and I found out that Santa Claus was actually my father who stayed up till 3 a.m., you know, and he would never follow the instructions. Oh, I can do this. So my dad would put together the bike and it would never work just exactly right because he had leftover parts that he didn't know what those were for. They might have helped the bike go easier, but he would refuse to follow the instructions. But uh 
you know, that that bike under the tree. Remember the handlebars used to have uh, streamers coming out of them. <laughs> so you'd have your bike under the tree with the streamers coming out, and you're thinking, oh, my God, you know. So there was joy, there was giggling, laughing, screaming, squealing, wonderful sounds, amen, happy sounds. And that's what, you know, that's what church should sound like. When we come to church, we ought to have happy sounds here. You know, some churches, you know, just, you wonder, the only difference between a regular service and a funeral service is if there's a casket down front. You don't, you have to look down the aisle and see is there a casket or not, because the service sounds the same. You know, and well, we want to be respectful and somber at funerals, but when it comes to a time to praise and worship the Lord, it ought to be full of joy. Amen. Ought to be happy sounds and, and laughter and squealing if necessary. Amen. And you say, well, I don't know. I don't like all that squealing and hollering. And it's like, well, okay, you don't have to do it, but don't shut down somebody else that's got more joy than you. Praise God. <laughs> or maybe they just express it differently, to be fair. But hallelujah. You know, like that song, I'm free to dance, I'm free to shout. And one sister said, am I free not to if I don't want to? I said, yeah, absolutely. Because you'll get pressured, you know, to do something that somebody else is doing. Don't, I don't, I don't encourage doing anything because somebody else is doing it. Just do what you have. But on the other hand, we're not going to limit somebody else that wants to do a little jig for joy for the Lord. Amen. There's this great video on Facebook and uh, if you, if you, uh, probably YouTube all as well, if you want to pull it up and it says something about the dancing cockatiels. And so this guy is playing the guitar and he's singing an Elvis Presley song. Uh, something about be true to the, to the heart. Don't be cruel to the heart that's true. That song, don't be cruel to the heart that's true. You know, you know, Elvis would hit the note and then go up into, uh, into falsetto. Don't be cruel. You hit the note and then you go up to falsetto. That was his secret. So anyway, he's, this guy's playing the song and, uh, and, uh, this one cockatiel is kind of dancing along and it looks like, you know, maybe the mate is over here just sitting here like, and kept, and won't even look, just totally horrible, horrified. And then this one cockatiel, when he gets to the wild part of the song, he, uh, puts his crown up and is, starts jerking and his feathers go, and the other bird puts one leg up like, please stop. And I told Scarlett, I said, that's what church looks like sometimes. You know, you'll have one person really wild and free and somebody else not so sure about it and kind of put an imaginary claw up like, please, please stop. <laughs> well, I'm not going to make rules for anybody, you know, amen. You want to shout, shout. If you want to sit there uh, and just contemplate, do that. But be free either way, amen? And uh, I'm in the weeds again. I'm going to knock this ball down the middle of the fairway at some point. You got to be careful with weeds in Florida golfing because, you know, there's critters in there. 
You know, you could lose a leg or something. Peg leg the golfer. <laughs> Boy, that's politically incorrect, isn't it? Where was I? Luke 10, 2. Nah, 2, 10. This is the, this is the end of this message. I'm getting somewhere. Amen. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. That means good news. Hey, there's good news here. Of great joy, which shall be to select people on John Calvin's list. Which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Praise God, they put the choir on tour. The heavenly choir got on tour to announce this. In other words, it's a big deal. That's why we decorate trees and put up lights and sing songs and, you know, play music and, amen, eat sugar, whatever. I knew a pastor one time, Pastor Scarlett, I knew a pastor who called a church-wide fast during Christmas. Can you believe that? That's about as mean as you can be, isn't it? But only goodies. They could eat regular food, but the goodies were off limits. So they come fast. That was the mo- and so I, I was speaking at the Christmas party banquet for this church. And they were told, they were told that. So we're having the Christmas, staff Christmas party for the church. No goodies. I thought that's the meanest thing I've ever seen. All the Grinches don't live in the cave above the town. Some of them reside at the church parsonage. Sorry. Okay. Glory to God in the highest. (laughs) And on earth, peace, man. Like Nixon, right? I did not commit any crime. Okay. He had the most expressive jowls. And I've always said, you know, the older you get, the more that you can get jowl action going. Until you could become a danger to others because your face could flap and put somebody's eye out. <laughs> or you're, you stop and you're, and it's like it keeps going. What's happening? You know, some of us, the older we get, we end up with a condition 
It's incurable called chest of drawers disease. It's when your chest falls into your drawers. Now, I used to say the reason that so many people from up north retire and move to Florida is because their bodies are already heading south, so you finally would just stop fighting it and go with the program and go on. Okay, that's my jokes for aging. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Anyway, I want you to see this explosion. Can you imagine being there and seeing, this is New Testament too, the explosion of seeing that heavenly host and hearing them sing and hearing them praise God and hearing them say glory to God in the highest and saying, this is glad, glad tidings of great joy which shall be to everybody. Amen. Tonight in the program, Sister Ruby will sing a special that I I love I, because I think it goes so well with this. And the words are, come on, ring those bells. Light the Christmas tree. You know, Jesus has come. It's It's a time for celebration. It's a time to be happy. It's a time to lay aside any care or worries. Don't worry about your problems. They'll be there at the end of the season. You know, you'll, you'll be able to pick them up again. But how about this next week? Just let yourself be a kid again. Just let yourself rejoice and be happy and be glad. Amen? And uh, don't let your lack of your kids coming or your grandkids or whoever or whatever. God bless them all. Just say, God bless you, send them the card and forget it. And just go on and have a nice time, amen? And rejoice and be glad. If you have anybody in your life, one other person or or a neighbor across the street you can share a cookie with, whatever, you know, rejoice in that, amen? Just be glad and rejoice in, in that joy to the world. Amen. I like that that song, Joy to the World, All the Boys and Girls. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea, and joy to you and me. Amen? Uh, how many remember that from the 70s? Praise the Lord. Amen. Joy to the world. And we sing tonight, we'll be singing, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Amen? Jesus is the perfect gift. Now, I told you that in that gift package is... uh everything that Christ redeemed us from. Amen. And full redemption, full redemption, full blessing, no curse, no drawbacks. No, the Lord's letting you go through this to teach you who's in charge and all that. Thank God we're delivered from those thoughts and limiting, limited thinking, limiting thoughts and thinking. Amen. So let's just lift our hands right now. If you're watching at home, you do this. Let's lift our hands and if whatever you need from the Lord is already in that gift of Christ, His finished work, to tell us die, it is finished. And you just thank God for your gift from the Lord today. Father, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for this Christmas gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you that you sent your, that you so loved us that you sent your only Son. And that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And Lord, we thank you.
for that eternal life today. We thank you that that eternal life began when we accepted Christ as our Savior. We thank you for the fullness of the Spirit manifesting. And we declare that this next, that this Christmas season will be the greatest one we've ever had. We thank you that the new year, the 2021, will be a year full of healing, blessing, hope, faith, victory, joy, favor, every everything that we could receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.